Let's talk about the first person to discover the greenhouse effect, who was a prolific inventor, advocate for civil rights, and is someone you've probably never heard of. I'm Jawa, and welcome to Stories Behind the Scientists. Today, we're talking about Eunice Newton Foote. Eunice Newton Foote was born in 1819 to a farmer named Isaac Newton. It's unclear if she's a direct descendant of the angry alchemist himself, or if it's just a similar name, and was taught at the Troy Female Seminary, now the Emma Willard School, which was the only institution in the USA that taught higher-level science to women at the time. While there, she learned a lot of physics, chemistry, and experimental design, which would be incredibly helpful later on. Something that's important to note in advance when talking about her is the fact that she was not a professional scientist. She did not have rigorous connections to the rest of the scientific community. She didn't get grants. This is something I'm going to elaborate on a bit further, but is generally very important to know. In 1856, she wrote a paper titled Circumstances Affecting the Heat of the Sun's Rays, about an experiment she had performed, basically putting different gases into glass cylinders and observing how the sun's heat impacted them. And from that, she learned that carbonic acid gas, now known as CO2 or carbon dioxide, trapped heat really well. She then extrapolated from that data to figure out that periods of Earth's history that had higher CO2 concentrations would have had higher temperatures. This is now known as the greenhouse effect. And she did this on her own. In the 1850s, like, we've known about climate change since the 1850s. Yeah, that's a side point. That's not super relevant to specifically her. Because her paper was first presented at the 10th Annual Meeting of the American Association for the Advancements of Science, the AAAS, in 1856. But she wasn't allowed to present it. Instead, the secretary of the Smithsonian, who was a family friend, read it. It was the first paper by a woman that had been presented in these meetings. And on top of this... It wasn't even published in the conference proceedings, but just as a short article in a journal. Even though the secretary of the Smithsonian read it, he didn't fully appreciate the significance of her work. Now, the AAAS did not explicitly discriminate against women. And by that, I mean they did all they could to implicitly discriminate against women, and it's actually unclear if she even was in the room when her report was read, but her report did have some impact. There was an article in the Scientific American that year called Scientific Ladies, Experiments with Condensed Gases, which is less hurtful than the name implies, but it discussed her and her advancements. The whole thing is basically, hey, turns out women can do science too. But on that subject, we've got to turn away from Eunice for a moment to meet John Tyndall, who until relatively recently was credited with the discovery of the greenhouse effect, and there's some controversy over whether or not Tyndall knew about Foote's work. 
Tyndall was an Irish scientist who had substantially more resources and scientific training than Foote, and as such was able to provide an explanation of the phenomenon as well as the analysis that Foote had given. This, as well as the fact that he already had wide renown, compared to Foote's status as an amateur scientist, meant that his work was able to get way more attention than Foote's. Now, some people do argue that Tyndall simply didn't see Foote's paper thanks to the intercontinental divide, and to his credit he normally did give other people credit and priority if they came to a conclusion first. Additionally, if he had seen it, the argument goes, then it's likely that a bunch of other scientists would have seen it as well. However, Foote's paper was published in several forms in Europe, including an issue of a journal that also had one of Tyndall's articles in it. On top of that, a magazine that Tyndall was an editor of published her work. This means it's pretty likely that he had at least a chance of seeing it. Now I just want to preface this next bit by saying there's not a huge amount of historical evidence around what exactly happened, uh, so the things that I'm going to say are more based on my opinion, uh, that is based on the evidence that I've seen rather than conclusive fact, as much as you can have conclusive fact with historical events. But basically, the argument that Tyndall didn't steal Foote's work is based on his character. He wouldn't take other people's work unfairly, because that's similar to how he acted in the past. But, you know, if we're bringing up how Tyndall acted in the past, it's only fair to mention the fact that Tyndall strongly endorsed the idea that women are inherently intellectually inferior to men, which does put a bit of a sour taste on his character defence. The other argument, the idea that if Tyndall had seen it, then loads of other people would have seen it too, so that argument is often made by men. The demographic that is most likely to forget about, you know, sexism. And even nowadays, some men are still less than willing to properly attribute ideas and advancements to the women who created them, let alone in the 1850s, when a lot of men were still struggling with the idea that possibly some women deserve rights? Maybe? That's, I'm not sure. It's difficult, difficult stuff. Likely due to the reception, or lack of reception, of this paper, Foote only released one major scientific paper after it, about electricity and heating and cooling caused by changes in pressure. But she was also a very successful inventor. Married women couldn't defend patents under their name until 1845, at least in New York, which meant that she had to file her first patents under her husband's name. According to some discussions that she had with prominent feminists and suffragists, up to half of the patents filed by men had actually been invented by women. But since men controlled most of the money and prestige, the patents were entered under their names, which then allowed them to obtain more money and prestige. Fortunately, after 1845, women were allowed to defend their patents, at least in New York. And in 1864, she invented a paper-making machine that could create better paper at a lower cost, saving companies thousands of dollars daily in today's money. 
And then, on top of these scientific and technological advancements, she was also a strong supporter of women's rights and women's suffrage, as was her husband, Elisha Foote. But the question is, if she was so forgotten, how do I know about her when you probably don't? Am I the foremost scholar on this hitherto undiscovered scientist? No, clearly not. She has been remembered, or at least mentioned, many times here and there throughout history, mostly by feminists and female researchers, and knowledge of her advancements has been slowly spreading. Hopefully, over time, she will finally get the renown she so very much deserved and deserves, as well as all of the other scientists whose names may have been lost to history, who will remain unknown simply because... They were members of demographics who were, and possibly still are, systematically discriminated against. Eunice Newton Foote made huge scientific advancements despite all the odds. She was absolutely privileged by the standards of women in the 1800s, but the fact that she was able to show experimentally that carbon dioxide causes climate change before anyone else, with nowhere near as many resources and as much support as many other scientists who have contributed a huge amount to history. It's insanely impressive. And I feel like this is particularly good to bring up at a time when people are starting to learn more about other female scientists who didn't get enough credit, like Rosalind Franklin. There's a musical about Rosalind Franklin, and it's great. So, I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I know you listen to this podcast. I know, I, I know you're there. Get on it. The people, and by that I mean me, we demand a Eunice Newton Foot musical. There's, there's so many good rhymes you can do with foot. Like, uh, like, put, or, or, or soot, kaput. 